0: fun with this one this morning hallelujah hey listen grab your bulletins real fast i don't have mine but that's okay there's some things in there if you look on the back of it we've got this little thing it's called a qr code it looks like a little picture with a lot of dots and everything and it says what connect under it if you use your camera and put it on there it'll send you to our visitor card and we can actually get some information so you can uh, fill out your visitor card. You can connect with us. If you're online watching, you can go to our website and connect with us. We'd love to connect with you. I know we have people around the world watching right now, so we're always trying to connect and uh, do that so we can gather their information and uh, send them stuff as well. Also, if you look in there, it is on the 12th. At, where's Sister Mae? There she is. 12th at 9 o'clock, right? Still 9 o'clock. Okay. Uh, 9 a.m. We're going to be here in the fellowship hall and we're going to be packing the uh, presents for prisoners. Uh, how many do we have this year? Right at 400, okay, amen. So we're going to pack about 400 bags. Uh, she always has everything. If y'all know, she has everything lined out. All we got is put them in the bags, and we're going to have a great time with that. So be here at 9 a.m. That's next Saturday at 9 a.m. Right here in the fellowship hall. Come through the side door, and we're going to pack those bags uh, so she can bring it to the prisoners around the parish and bless them, amen. Uh, so we want to take care of that as well. Uh, is there anything else I'm missing in there? Hmm. Hey, throw up that uh, screen about the Bibles. Ooh. Hey, remember we've been raising money for Bibles in Serbia and Sri Lanka? The second screen in there, Micah. Mm. That's how much we've raised so far, guys. Woo! We are almost at 250 Bibles. Uh, For those that don't know, we've been raising money to send Bibles to pastors in Sri Lanka and Serbia. They're $25 a Bible. And uh, we've been raising that money. And Brother Chip will tell you how you can give toward that. but. We're almost at 250 Bibles, which would be amazing. Amen. Amazing. So thank you for your faithfulness on there. Thank you for all your, uh, your support in this as well. Hey, there's one other thing I want to throw to you real quick uh, before he comes and does the offering. The 20th, September, right? That's going to be our Christmas service. What if we just kind of uh, got out? Huh? September. Oh, September. Oh. Sunday the 20th. <laughs> Jesus, hold on. gives me a second to edit that out if I need to. No, not really. Uh, December the 20th. Whew, Jesus. Forgive me, Lord, for trying to go back into 2020. Lord, y'all forgive me. Okay. Uh, December the 20th, that is a Sunday. What if we did an afternoon, Sunday afternoon parking lot service for all those people that still are not a, able to go into a building and have church? Weather right? Weather permitting, of course. You know, there, there are people, because of health reasons, can't come into a building yet. They don't feel comfortable and safe. So you know, what my thought was is I've been kind of talking to the worship team. If I can get some people that aren't normally helping on Sunday morning, we have everything on carts to roll it out and it takes us, what, 20 minutes maybe to set up an outdoor service, and I can advertise it. So if you're interested in helping me, come see me after service and say, hey, I'm willing to help. We're thinking about 4 o'clock, so it's still daylight. We'll do an outdoor service for those people who can't go into a building for some reason. And guess what? They can attend a church service for Christmas. Yep. And we'll do what we've done before. We'll let their cars roll up, and we'll pray for their cars. We'll pray for them in their cars. And uh, so if you're interested in being a part of that, come see me after service. Again, it'll be uh, December 20th. Yeah, okay. So hallelujah. So Brother Chip, can you bow me out? And don't forget also after service we will do communion. We have everything up here for you. Uh, It's laying on the stage for you.
1: I'll try, Pastor. I'll try. Uh, again, <laughs> ways to give here at the church. Uh, we're going to pick up an offering here in a few minutes, so that's one way. And uh, we'll have a couple of young gentlemen come through the aisles, just like we did last Sunday, and you can put your offering in there. Or you can give online by going to our website, which is what? Anybody know our website? New Life AG dot church new life a g dot church okay and also in your bulletin uh, on the inside cover second page you'll see there's a QR code there also and if you put your camera on that QR code, it will take you directly to uh, the page on our website where you can give so that's another easy way to give if you want to use that method so uh, Last Sunday, you remember, I spoke to you about being generous and that uh, that was only one leg of how you become blessed, is to be generous, to be a giver, because, again, we get to give. We don't give to get. Amen? And the other leg of being blessed was what? You remember that? One leg is generosity, the other leg is what? Stewardship. You can't be generous if you're not a good steward. But on the other hand, if you are a good steward, you can be very generous. You know why? Because being a good steward means that you use God's money the way you're supposed to, and you always have abundance. And <clears throat> one way that you can be a good steward Is by having a budget and i know a lot of people don't like the word budget but when you have a budget you don't have to worry about making emotional decisions when it comes to finances and it's so important that we as christians be a model for people around us and one way you can be a model is by having a budget because again it doesn't cause you to go into a panic when you gotta make a decision about finances. And so it's very important you understand that. Now, when it comes to a budget, everybody's is gonna be different. But the first two items on a budget are gonna typically always be the same, okay? The first being the 10% that goes to God. That is not an option because that's not our money is it? That's God's money. And you don't want to keep it in your account because if you keep it in your account, it becomes cursed. And that's what messes up your bank account. Okay. So always make sure that God's money goes to God. And (coughs) the second 10% ought to go to savings. Now, a lot of people have never saved before. And that's, if you're a Christian, you should be saving money. I don't care what you make. I don't care how much money you bring in. You should be saving money. Why? Because somewhere down the road, there's going to be an emergency. Somewhere down the road, you're going to have to come up with some money. And if you haven't saved, guess what? You'll go into a panic. Oh, I can't, I can't spend this money there. What am I, how, well, how am I going to pay these other bills over here? So if you've saved money, guess what? That financial situation pops up and you say, well, I've saved the money. Here, take care of it. It's that simple. And that speaks so much to the people around you. Always remember, first 10% goes where? To God. God. Second 10%, you ought to be doing what with? Saving. Saving it. Saving it start out the new year that way make that your new year's resolution i'm going to start saving money and see what it's going to do for you it'll make your life a lot easier and you will have some peace Amen? amen let's pray this morning as you get your offering ready to give father we are so grateful that you've blessed our lives and lord we understand that you've called us to be generous to be givers to others. And Lord, we want to do that. But we also know that it's necessary for us to be good stewards in order to be able to give. And so, Father, I pray for each and every one of us today that you would give us the ability to be able to not only give but to save money, Lord. Show us a way that we can be good stewards of what you've given us help us to start out this next year in a way that shows a good witness for your kingdom father we're thankful for the many blessings that you've bestowed on us and so grateful for all that you do for us and Lord right now we want to give that 10 percent back into your kingdom because Lord we know that it's yours and, Lord, we're, we're bringing it to you because it's not ours. It's not ours to give. We're just bringing it back and giving it to you so that we can honor you in our worship today. Father, thank you once again for all that you do in our lives. And I pray your blessings continue to be upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if Jamin and Zeb, where's Jamin and Zeb? Y'all come on up, buddy. They'll have the red buckets, and they're going to pass those buckets around, and you can give into those buckets.
0: Y'all go ahead and walk down the aisles,
1: guys. One take, one side. Here Jamin, go. Zeb, yep, go down this way. Walk down the down aisles. there. Yep, find you some there people. There you go. Pass it around. All right. God bless you.
0: Come on, y'all ready to worship this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, this is the second week we've done the bucket, so we're trying something different, and, uh, you know, hey, we're just putting those little young guys to work, amen, teaching them, teaching them now that, you know, giving to the Lord is important, amen, so looks like they're almost done, let's go ahead and stand up again this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna do some more worship, we're gonna start out in prayer, You know, we had a good time practicing this morning, and, and, you know, God is already in this place. Let's just, just give it to him. Can we do that? Father, we are so thankful that you are here today. Lord, we just dedicate everything we do to you, God, because we're here to worship you. We're here to hear your words. We're here to love on you. We're here to allow your spirit to deal with us in any way necessary. Because, Lord, our ultimate goal is to be like Jesus to accomplish the things that you have called us to do and commanded us according to your word. So today, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place as we worship you. Receive our worship, Lord. Let it be a sweet-smelling aroma to you, sweet-smelling savor in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, I want you to say amen this morning. Amen. Come on, you ready? believe that this morning anybody believe that this morning for real though hey listen y'all give me some grace this morning I'm not a bass player but that's okay I got my cheat sheet on the back of the neck if y'all know me listen I'm just telling you that because you know what I know how to play piano but you know what today I'm playing bass but you know what I'm going to worship Jesus y'all know that much And that's what God expects from us. The talents and the gifts that He gives us is to to bring back to Him. To bring back to Him. But you'll also notice in, in your bulletin, you would have seen this. Today is about going from fear to faith. A lot of these songs today have fear in them and have faith. We're talking about it. Why? Because it is an issue we're dealing with today in our lives. All of us are. But you know what? God is an unstoppable God. And I know he will do great and mighty things in your life, in my life, and in those people that will submit to him and trust in him. Amen. Because I know he has split the sea. He has done all those things. Come on. Let's sing this morning. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Come on. Yeah mm-hmm. on I, we got some children in here today listen go look up the the meaning of that song and it'll bless you that that second verse where, where david Hessler talks about my mother's from my mother's womb i was chosen he was a baby that was supposed to be aborted because of how bad everything was they told him just, just but somebody told him you're gonna you got a prophet in your belly And she decided to have this child, this guy. And and they say the story is, I don't know it word for word and exactly how exact it is. But she was traveling to where he was or something to go see him. And he was playing and she didn't even realize he could do some of this stuff, I think is what it was. And and here he is singing this song. You want to talk about bless somebody right there? I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. Come on. Come on. Just go, go look up that story right there because I'm telling you, it, it'll, it'll bless you.
2: Come, you've already won, God of revival. Come on, you're ready. Here we go. Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. Oh, God of revival, pour it out. Pour it out. We'll come, I hear the change hit, hit the ground. Oh, God, a revival, pour out, pour it out. It pour it out. It come out. your people. Come awaken the city. Oh, God, a revival, pull it out, pour it out. we'll grumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. God of Revival, pour, pour on, it out, one more time. Pour it out. Come awaken your people, come awaken your city. God of Revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble, hear the chains hit the ground. God of Revival, pour it out, pour it out. the darkest night. You can light it up. You can light it up. Gotta revive Come on. Let hope arise. can is overcome. You've oh. already won. Gotta revive again. Come on. In the darkest night. You can light it up. You can light it up.
0: come on y'all ain't gotta stop just because we stopped singing y'all need to get used to that time the darkest night you can light it
2: up you can light it up god of revival and hope the rise death is overcome you've already won worship me. guitar and I got one today. Darkness tries to roll over my bones. When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and pain is all of I
0: won't
2: be
0: shaken. I won't be shaken. Sing that again. Come on.
2: There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's resurrection. Power in Your name, power in Your name. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I'm in Your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I'm in Your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when i
0: Give him praise this morning. Come on, give him praise in the house. Come on, turn and give somebody a spiritual high five this morning. Since we can't go love and hug on everybody, give them a spiritual high five before you sit down. Where's our kids at, too? They're going to get ready to head on out this morning. Hallelujah. Young, head on back to the back. They're ready back there for you. Whew. That's what I'm talking about, worship to get you sweating. Whew. Hallelujah! I like that kind of worship. Of course, you know y'all. Y'all know how much I want to really get a guitar and just kind of you know do those things. And so every now and then when I do get to play the bass, not that I'm good, I just have fun regardless. And uh, I know y'all gonna love me, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Whew. Jesus! Hey, grab your Bible this morning because uh, I wanna. Talk to you about something I think is very important. Are you grabbing your Bible out? Grab your, your uh, bulletin out as well. There's, there's a picture right there in the top of your bulletin. There's, there's a picture right here in the top of your left of your bulletin Glass Bottom Bridge in China. That's faith right there. You know, there's, there's actually one of them. That is a, it's a clear screen. It's a clear screen that goes through the middle of it, and uh, they can make it look like it's cracking while you're walking on it. They can make it look like it's cracking while you're walking on it. Y'all go ahead and find your seats so we can can get started, guys. I, I don't want an interruption here. We're to the preaching of the word, so. God doesn't interrupt himself, and I don't like people interrupting me either. You can visit when you're done. Thank you. There's another one that where you can have cracks in the bottom of this thing while you're walking. And it's so hilarious. You go online and you find the pictures of it. and People are walking. All of a sudden, it starts cracking and they freeze. And so I thought it would be an appropriate piece. You can go ahead and put that title up there. I got that picture up there, too. Look at that, man, how clear that is. Throw that. There's one picture, Micah, that's just that bridge. Yeah. Yeah, I got faith, but I don't know if that's stupidity or not right there. <laughs> Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> vertigo. You know, if you ever go to the World War II Museum in New Orleans, there is a uh, the third or fourth floor. It's, it's, well, it's the third one, but I think it's about four or five stories up. It's glass, and people get vertigo up there because it's so tall. So I, I want to talk to you today about fear and faith. But I'm not gonna tell you where to turn just yet because I, I, I want us to kind of get some definitions of this thing. Because I have this funny suspicion that we use the word fear for a lot of things when they're in reality probably anxiety and other things. Right? Did you know fear is both a noun and a verb? I'm not an English major, y'all know that. I, I was dating the teacher's daughter, and, and that's how I got through English. Y'all, you know, I told y'all that, and I took typing. Business English, two years. That's why I can type really good. And I happen to be dating the teacher's daughter. It wasn't planned that way, but it ended up working out for me. God works all things out for my good. Uh, I can't say that because I wasn't saved. But um, so, so fear is a noun. Look at this. It's an unpleasant or strong emotion called caused by an anticipation or an awareness of danger. Uh, everything in here, anxious. It's about emotions. But when you look at the verb side, it's to be afraid. Expect with the alarm and the fear, right? To frighten. You know, the noun is alarm or anxiety or dread or, or fearfulness, fright, horror, panic, scare. But the verb is to bother or to fret, to stress. I like this, to sweat. Now, only military people understand that term. Chief, stop sweating me. That was stop worried about me. Or stop riding my back or whatever it was you know in the navy i was stop sweating me just stop sweating me and you know so so there, there's a few different things here but what i need us to understand is to make sure we're all on the same page as where fear what fear i'm talking about i'm not talking about fear like when something makes you afraid i'm talking about the way we use the word because we need to stop using that version and move over to the faith version right because fear can be a lot of things but in all of its form, it is anti-faith. You can't be walking in faith and walking in fear. I can be concerned about things. There's a reverential fear of the Lord. See, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where I'm walking with anxiety and stress and worry, and that's the fear I'm talking about today. Faith is complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Can you have faith in that glass? I could. Because I've seen a lot of people walk across that bridge. But what when, when you you haven't seen God walk across that bridge, right? And, and can I have faith in that? And so today I want us to, to look at this in a couple stories. Well, actually a lot of stories. I'm sorry. Um, this is another one of those. I've got 40 slides and that's point one. I don't know if we'll get through all of them. But that's okay I was trying to make sure I've got the scriptures in here So you can understand where I'm coming at today But here's the thing Here's, here's the question that, that, that I'm really posing to all of this How can we as Christians And believers in God and in His Word Live in fear And faith at the same time We have to make a decision We have to make a decision Either I trust This Or I don't there's some stories like that in the Bible as well. But, but in our society today, I have witnessed Christians that are walking in such fear, and not just the coronavirus, in other things. I'm not talking about being wise. Listen, I've got my mask up here. Y'all know that, right? I keep it up here so when I get around people, I've got hand sanitizer back here in case I pray for somebody. I'm not talking about that. Like, literally, they're afraid. They're afraid. And it's like, we can't walk that way. What happened to the scripture that says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him? Oh, wait, no, we got to leave that one out. Uh, what happens if I do get sick and go home early? Then I won anyways. Not that I want to go home early. But, you see, we can't walk in that fear. So I, I want you to see you a, show you a picture in John chapter 5 today. We're going to have all of this on the, the Bible uh, the screen as well for you. But John chapter 5, verse 1. And I got to look something up while I'm here. I noticed something interesting while I was preparing this. I was using the the NASB. Someone had gotten me a new Bible, and so I've been trying to stay with the same version. Yeah. The online software that I use did not have verse 4. It was missing. It went 1, 2, 3, 5. Am I going to have to throw this Bible away? My mind has it. But what, what they said was is verse 4 is a repeat of something else in the same story. So they just left it out because it wasn't in some of the original manuscripts. It's a repeat of the same thing. And then, so I was like, okay, well, that's not so bad. But you know, I was like, but I don't want a verse missing because I like those verses. They mean something to me. Let's read this story, and, it, and I want to I show you this picture. Look at this. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Go ahead to the next one. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five portices, porches, five entryways. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. Verse 4. For an angel of the Lord went down at a certain season into the pool and stirred up the waters. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the waters, stepped in was made well for whatever disease in which he was afflicted. So, Could you imagine being here? Hundreds of people that are all sick. Been laying here for a long time. And when the water gets troubled, you're fighting with everybody to get in. (laughs) They're fighting for their healing. We pray five minutes and say it's not going to happen. But anyways, uh, just a little jab for you right there. Go to verse 5. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. (laughs) That's a long time. Keep going. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been a long time in this condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? This is where I want you to see his answer. Look at verse 7. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. 38 years. Could you imagine his real voice when he's talking to Jesus? Because, number one, it doesn't look like he understands who he is. I'm not going to get healed. I've been here for 38 years, and every time the angel comes down, I'm not going to. They get in there. This guy had probably lost lost hope by this time. And when I looked at this, the first thing I saw was this guy had gotten to a place where he was afraid he was never going to get healed. And I started thinking about that. And I started saying, wow, we get to this place. But I'm talking about fear and anxiety and stress and worry. He had gotten to a place. Look at verse 8. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. I wonder if he got up quickly or not. (laughs) After 38 years, somebody walks up and says, just get up. Did he get up quickly? Look at verse 9. Immediately the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. Now it was the Sabbath on that day. Now there's a whole argument that goes on later on that he goes to church. What are you doing carrying that bed? That's work and it's the Sabbath. Listen, dude, the man that healed me told me to pick it up and walk. I don't really care what you got to say right now. <laughs> right? I just I saw that picture of a guy that was now living his life in fear and stress and anxiety and all those things, depression, all those things. Because chances are he was not going to get his healing. How many of us live there? We've been praying. We've been fasting. We've been waiting for God to answer. But we haven't seen it. Do we start to fear that we're never going to get it or worry? See, I'm using the words all interchangeably because that's how we do. They, they all just kind of roll interchangeably in our minds. But we, oh, I'm not afraid of anything. Really? Do you think God's ever going to heal you? Probably not. So then you're afraid you won't get healed. But that, that's how we would write it. And, and so it's just something that, you know, the, the situation that I saw here was amazing. But then Jesus interrupts the moment. You know, he has a habit of doing that, doesn't he? He just kind of shows up on things. When was the last time you let him show up? Like I, I like to say sometimes, I, I like Jesus to show up and show off. <laughs> Show up and, and turn our world upside down, because we have no idea, no idea what He could really do in our life if we would just stop and say, "God, I believe you. And though you slay me, I'll trust you." You know, those, those men and women in the Bible, we read their stories as armchair quarterbacks later. Well, they should have done this and this and this, and yeah, but they were walking it out. How would your chapter look? Would it be a chapter that was encouraging to people? Or would it be one of those chapters out of Job where it was you instead of his friends talking about, you know, or even his wife, curse God and die? See, how would that chapter be? How would that chapter be? I want you to also turn to Mark chapter 4. I'm, I'm just trying to build this picture before we get into the, to the verse because I, I just saw a few things. And I know it, right now you're like, how does all that fit together? You'll, you'll see it. Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Here we have a picture of Jesus spending time with his disciples. He had just finished teaching the parable of the seeds, the sower, right? We we see all of that. But now he's explaining to them what it means. And I want you to see this picture. We're going to start in verse 13. And he said unto them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? Verse 14, there you go. The sower sows the word. Watch this. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. Okay, that's the stones version of it. Keep going. In a similar way, there are the ones... The ones of whom seed was thrown on the rocky places, who would then hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. We go to church and we get it and we're excited. But Satan comes to take it away. Watch this, verse 17. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. Keep going. And others are the ones of whom seed was sown among the thorns, and the ones of whom have heard the word. Watch this. But the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the world, and it becomes unfruitful. One more verse. And those are the ones of whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. There are four pictures in this, isn't there? Three where the word is, they get the same word, but different things happen in their life for one reason or another. You know what I began to notice about that? Fear, worry, anxiety, all these things create the situation where they live. I'm not rooted and grounded because I don't really trust God. I let Satan steal my blessing because I don't really trust God. He manipulates things. He does these things. How how did he get Eve... To eat of the fruit made her question what God had said. Made her question what God had said. You know, there's a lot of believers that walk in fear that they're going to miss what God said. A lot of people walk in fear about what God has said. Can we not trust the Holy Spirit that he is going to make sure we know what the word says? This parable right here, you have one that trusts and receives and walks in it. But you have three that allow different things in life to come up. And this is where I kind of use this to, to pull apart, uh, pull together the, the point here. You can put it up here, point one. We allow our fear or our anxiety to get in the way of what God is doing. We allow our fear and anxiety. What, what if I told Dave, go lay by that pool And when an angel comes in and and stirs the water, jump in and you're going to get healed. Then Dave's going to lay by that pool if he needs a healing, right? But for how long? Why were these people laying by the pool? Because they had already seen it happen or was it just stories? See, for them, I believe they had seen it happen because the man said when it troubles the water, somebody else jumps in. They were willing to accept it even though it didn't look like they'd ever get it. We, on the other hand, have not experienced a lot of these things, and it's harder for us to wait. Can I tell you this? That the Lord is constantly doing thing in our, things in our lives if we will trust Him. I can sit here story after story of what God has done in my life, and you know that because I share them constantly if I will trust. But the thing is, is I can't live with fear or anxiety that God is going to take care of me. I can't live with anything between me and God because anything that is not faith is anti-faith. God, I know you're going to supply all my needs, but I'm going to need a better job. Am I saying that? Because I'm trying to tell God what I need to supply all of my needs? Or am I saying that because it's the reality? See, here's where we get down to the, to the rubber meets the road. I can be okay and tell God, God, listen, Lord, you know I have this job and it doesn't make enough. I need a more job, a better job. Lord, I'm trusting you that you're going to supply all of my needs. And, you know, I, you know, what I mean we're having a conversation. But where most of us stop is, God, I need a better job. We're telling him how he's going to supply our needs. And when it doesn't happen, then what happens? We get upset. We live to an expectation that is not real. And it brings across anxiety and worry and stress. You see where all this is? See, if we could just settle it that he is God and that is it. I love that bumper sticker that says, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. But can I tell you that's wrong? It don't matter if you believe it at all, it's still settled. You believing it affects you, but it does not affect the word. And living in anxiety and fear affects you, but not the word. You see, I believe what God said, but do I receive it? Am I going to walk in it? Am I going to do what he said? There lies the issue. Will we walk across the bridge when we can't see a bottom? Or are we going to say, God, I don't understand what you're trying to do. We'll make excuses. We'll, we'll do different things. Sometimes we even basically do like the next story we're going to look at here in just a moment. God, do you even care we're fixing to perish? Do you even care I'm fixing to die? Do you care? If we really, really believed that he sent Jesus to die for us, that by his stripes I am healed, by his blood I am forgiven, would we really say those things and mean them? I'm not talking about, you know, you're you're having a conversation with God and you're just kind of venting out some frustrations, you know, how, how you do sometimes when you're talking to somebody. You know, like, hey, man, I've been really frustrated with God lately. There's something in my life that's wrong because I'm not seeing this. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that, God, do you really care about me? You must not care about me. I've been following you all these years and look at what you've done. Like he went and did something to us. That's our mentality in it which brings all these things that we can stamp fear on. Fear, anxiety, worry, stress, all these things. But we have the tendency to say I'm not walking in fear when we're sitting there depressed and stressed and worried about everything else. It's all. Either we're walking in faith or we're not. Flip down to in Mark chapter four down to verse thirty-five. I want to you know this story. I, I've talked about this story many times, especially being a sailor, was in the Navy for eight years. I'm gonna show you something else in this story today to help bring you along the picture. Look at this. Mark four thirty-five. On that day when evening came, he had said to them, Let us go over to the other side. So he went and got a boat. See, he had been teaching, he had done all these things. Now he's ready to go the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Verse 36, leave the crowd. They took him along with him in the boat, just as he, was, as he was, and the other boats were with him. So there was multiple boats. Look at the next one. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, a storm. And these waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Now, that the Sea of Galilee does have storms that pop up very rapidly because of its landscape. With the mountains around it, it'll come up right over the mountain, and boom, there it is. You know, with, like a sailor, what is it, red sky in the morning, sailor take warning, red sky at night, sailor delight, right? You know, they, they used to teach us that kind of, even though it didn't matter to us because we were powered, we could do what we wanted. And uh, my captain always used to go through these storms to wash the flight deck off. They, they'd, la- they'd launch all the go-fasters, that was the airplanes. I worked on helicopters, so they were go-fasters, they went faster than us. So they'd get all the go-fasters off. They'd come out and land the helicopter. After four hours, we'd fill it up, and immediately we'd see the storm. He'd turn, and we're all saying, great, not again. He just wants to wash the deck off, so he would always do that to us. So we'd cycle down get our gear on. We'd come out of the storm. We'd cycle around, take our gear off, and then we'd go sleep for four more hours because now they're going to do the airplanes. It was just a never-ending cycle for us. It's crazy. But anyway, Jesus himself was in the stern of the boat asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, hold on. This is the part, go back, that I love to interject this one thing. I always love to interject this one part because I need you to see this the way I do. Jesus was what? A carpenter. Right? He's the son of God. I know that. But, but by trade before that, he would have been a carpenter. He's out there with a bunch of fishermen, right? People that are used to the water. And they're going to wake up the carpenter to say, what are we going to do? I've just i always loved that part, you know. If the captain would ask me, you know, Petty Officer Newman, the ship's sinking, what are we going to do? First helicopter that can go, I I don't know, you know. (laughs) Uh, Let's see if we can run her aground somewhere. I'm not the guy that fixes that. I fix helicopters. But they're they're waking up the carpenter. I got something for you in a minute that's going to really help you with this. Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion because he he wasn't worried about it. He wasn't stressed. I also wondered, did he know the storm was going to come? I just always wondered if God told him, Jesus, just just chill out, man. There's a storm coming, and it's going to teach you guys a few things that you haven't been able to get through to them yet on. Because, you know, sometimes storms come because we need some lessons. All right. Go to the next one. And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. Look at the next one. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Look at this. They became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. How long had they been with Jesus? See, that was always the question. I got a I got a graph for you this morning. A thing. Put that up there. This is what they had seen Jesus do already. Jesus turned the water into wine. He heals an official son at Capernaum. He drives out an evil spirit from a man in Capernaum. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. He heals a sick man oppressed, or the many sick and oppressed at an evening. Miraculously catches a fish off the lake. Cleanses a man with leprosy. He actually touched a man with leprosy, which he wasn't supposed to do. He heals a centurion's paralyzed servant. Heals a paralytic who was let down through the roof. That guy had the most amazing friends in the world. They pulled up the roof shingles so they could let him in and say he needs a healing. They prayed that dude through that day, like physically. Jesus heals a man withered hand on the Sabbath. Jesus raises a widow's son from the dead. And now he calms the storm. And what was their question? Who is this man? Had they possibly seen enough to possibly think he was different? Whatever it was in their mind at that point, this was not enough that even when he calmed the sea, they they were freaking out. How much does it take before we trust him? And before we don't walk in anti-faith anymore. You know, we we pick at these guys sometimes about what all they went through. But what would our chapter look like? What would our book look like? I don't want y'all to read mine. Y'all can read the the, the back end of it. (laughs) The back end. I'm going to delete, I'm going to redact all of that like the government does. (laughs) There'd be about 300 pages of that. And then there'd be about 20 of, you know, the other side. How much does it take before we decide that he is real, right? How much does it take before we make a decision? Yeah, I know it's more blessed to to not see, right? I know it's more blessed to, to not see than see. He told them that when they were talking about the hands and all this. But at what point, guys? We believe enough that we'll say a prayer to say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, And believe that our eternity is okay, but what I'm going to eat for lunch is not. So the question is, do we even believe in eternity? (laughs) Because I promise you, you'd be more worried about eternity than your meal today. Okay, let's use tonight because some of our stomachs are growling. we got to get through there first, and then we'll be okay. So, you know, we we have a problem with this, and we've got to make a decision up here on who we're going to believe we, we, we know the Old Testament stories of, of how, you know, they, they dug the trench and they put all the water in it. And, you know, remember the, the question about the water. You know, when, when the prophet called down the fire and he put, what, the five buckets of water. They were in a drought. Where did he get the water from? There was a drought in the land. I don't know, but it just, I believe it. Have I ever seen fire called down? No. But I've seen men healed. I've seen eyes opened. I've seen deaf ears opened. I've seen stomach problems completely disappeared. Man walks in, can barely walk. He's dancing around. I've seen those things. How many of those does it take before I trust in this and I trust in him? Or am I going to continue to walk with, who is this man? I'm afraid. I'm afraid. How long do you have to be with Jesus. How long do you have to serve him and study his word? Listen, I know people that have read this book cover to cover probably 20 times and don't trust him. I know people that have been saved for 30 plus years and don't trust him. It's not about how long. It's about one decision in your life that's going to put you on a road to the next decision and the next decision. Because you've got to make a decision one day. And guess what he tells us in his word? Choose you this day who you will serve and who you will trust and who you will adhere to if you're in the Amplified and rely on and all of those things. Oh, by the way, here's the answer to the test. Trust in God. But by trusting in him, you have to put away everything else. They had been with Jesus day in and day out, day in and day out. And even at the very end, Peter decides to cut the guy's ear off and deny him and everything else. We have the Holy Spirit that now lives inside of us. How can we have the very life that raised Christ from the dead and we walk in fear and worry and anxiety? The, you know, I just had this thought. The Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is walking with us and we're worried that we're going to die. Okay, if you die, He'll just raise you back again if He needs to. You, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's a mentality. It's a mind. Jesus was crucified in Golgotha. The place called the skull. This is what needs to be crucified because this is where all of it starts right here. And like I've told you before, turn off the media, turn off the social media. I Listen, I would delete my Facebook account if I could. Hallelujah. Praise God. I can't stand that stuff. I can't stand it because you never know what's the truth. My sister is the worst. She's on there all the time. She, you know, she's disabled she's at home but she's constantly sending me stuff and i just keep telling her don't send that to me if, if you i me that i'm just it's coming here to die i'm just i don't do those pass this on to 10 people no pass this on to the delete box you know and and, and somebody sent me a thing the other day about the constitution and you know the first thing i do with it is i go open a book i want to know if it's true i want to know if it's true see we've got to become people that want to know truth and if we're not willing to dig into the truth, we will continue to live in a lie. And I've told you this before, you know, one, one of our pastors, Pastor John Burke, you know, remember he, him and uh, Sister Debbie came and preached here one time. And, and he was walking by, and, and I think well was Stephanie was with us at the church in Texas and just made the comment, yeah, Saul got knocked off his horse when he was on the road to Damascus. And John, being the way he is, just kind of stops and says, can you show me? The rest of us are like... Stephanie's like, sure. It's in the book. Can you read it to me? Saul was knocked to the ground. Huh. Maybe it's in another translation. He says, No, it's not. <laughs> We've just said it for so many years we believe it is true now. Guys, you want to know how to get rid of your anxiety and your fear? Get in this. Look at what I say and go check it every week. I have people that call me and ask, hey, what did you mean with this and this? Well, this is what the Word says, and, and that's why I tell people this is my opinion. This isn't the Word. This is my opinion on what it says. We've got to be that way. We've got to be that way. I want to show you a couple more scriptures, and we're going to finish this morning. Look at this, Psalms 34. thirty-four, four. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look at the next. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were n- will never be ashamed. Yeah, but the world tells me I'm living a lie, but I'll never be ashamed. I don't care. I trust in God. Look at Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Again, anxiety. Dread, stress, worry, fear, all these things. We can't live this way. Because when we're living in fear, we're not living in faith. Do you think Abram, back in Genesis, was living in faith or fear when God told him to leave the land and go somewhere that I'm going to show you? He might have been a little concerned I'm fixing to go out over a desert, and I got a lot of people with me, and I don't know what I'm going to do. But he did it. Why? Because he trusted God. You know, I remember having a conversation with God one time. God wanted me to take that job, and I told him, no, I didn't want that job. And you know the story. I kept telling the lady not hire me because I didn't want this job. God told me to take the job, and I had this argument with her as I was having it with him. And then I had a conversation with him. It's like, God, listen, this is not going to supply all of my needs. You know that. And um, I can go live in my car, but i got a wife and kids. I, I can't do that. I can't do that. I was having this conversation with the Lord privately. Well, I, I was talking because I said, I'm trying to trust you. See, having this is the difference between walking in it. And I felt him say, trust me. Trust me. You know, just like he did when, when I was praying one night, when he asked me that famous question, that loaded question. He said, Do you trust me? I get back to you on that. That's what I said. I did. I didn't pray for like three days because I was afraid. I was like, I got I gotta talk this through. Because I knew there was more in that. I could sense there was more in that. So I went back to him. I said, Okay, Lord, I trust you. I want you to give your house and your car back to the bank. Where am I going to live? I thought you trusted me. Whew. A couple more days went by. My wife, where's she at? She's in the back today. Decides to come out. Hey, you know, the Lord told me to give my house and car, the house and car back to the bank. Here's what I told her. Why are you listening to God right now? I'm trying to rebel. <laughs> Ask her. She said, what do you mean? I said, the Lord told me that the other day. Where am I going to live? See, I was, I was trying to balance out my man being responsible for my wife and kids and follow God. And there was a lot of anxiety on that, and there was a lot of things. And, and I was trying to process it, but you know what finally happened? I had to make a decision, didn't I? I said, I went back into prayer, and I said, God, I trust you. That was on a Friday night. I said, God, I trust you. Whatever you say, I'm going to do it. Whatever you say, I'm going to do it. That next morning, somebody called me and says, man, I was praying. God wants me to give you a car. I'm going to have a car to drive when I call the bank Monday because they closed today. Seriously. And remember, all of this started because God told me to take a job that I didn't want, that I didn't believe was going to pay me enough. And then bad decisions on my part. Listen to Brother Chip with budgeting and all. It was bad decisions on my part. And I got us to this place. And now I'm having to learn to get out of it. And I'm trusting God. And God said, I want you to give your house back and your car. So I called the bank Monday. I told them. They said, well, we don't want the car. We're not coming to get it. Well, I can't drive it no more. So I just parked it. The bank said, okay, we're going to process your paperwork. I said, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you anyways. Why? Because I said I would. Did it make any sense to me? None. Whatsoever. You know, I lived in that house for a year, and every month I'd call the bank. Mr. Newman, we don't know why it's taken so long to process your foreclosure, but don't worry about it. Just stay there until we're ready. And at the end of the year, they sent me a check back for the insurance out of escrow. And I called them, and they said, "Uh, just keep it. Okay. (laughs) And July 4th weekend, I got a call from a buddy. Man, I got a trailer house I think you may be interested in. I was given a trailer house that we started remodeling to work to live in. And you know, right after that, the foreclosure went through, and they sold the house for more than I owed. You see, you see how, now, was that an easy tra- to walk to walk down? No. Was there anxiety in that process? Yes, there was. But I had to learn. I had to learn. But what that did was it taught me so that when I went further down my life, I could trust him in other things. And I began to trust him in other things and to begin to move in other things. So that when he told us to sell our house in rain 10 years ago and move into a camper, it wasn't an issue. Why? I know he's going to take care of it. Right? When I lost that trailer house in Hurricane Rita, you know what I told him? I've told you this before. God, I don't know why you allowed a tree to fall through the house. It was your house. We were just borrowing it, taking care of it. So we're going to need another place to live. And that was as far as it went. And God brought us back to Louisiana. I got a best-paying job I've ever had, general manager of an oil field supply company and all this. You see, when you trust God, and it's amazing things happen. But when you walk in fear, it will not because you're anti-faith. Watch this one last scripture, and then I'm going to close. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting long-winded today. 2 Corinthians 12. That's an extra 10 minutes right there. Hallelujah. No. sir. 2 Corinthians 12. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient. Can I tell you that's about all I need to know right there? Those things right there, if, if I'm in prayer and I'm, I'm like, God, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know. And all of a sudden he says, my grace is sufficient. You ain't even got to tell me the rest of it. God, I don't need to know what you're going to do tomorrow. I just know it's going to work out. Why? Because I had to learn that. Was it easy? No told you all the stories of how difficult it was trying to learn how to be a man of faith when the world had taught me that it's your job to supply all of your needs to your children. Go get three jobs if you have to to make sure your kids eat. But I'm trying to trust God. Yeah, but that's not what you're supposed to do. That's what the world said. And it was a struggle. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfect in weakness. Huh. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. See, I don't mind being weak because I know he's powerful. It's just the way it is. But am I going to worry about it? No. Am I going to live in fear over it? No. I've never lived to fear over this virus one day. Just like I never lived in fear when I go out on the streets and evangelize into areas where people are carrying guns. I've been around those guys. I've been around all. It doesn't bother me. Why? Because if I feel God is in it, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Again, do I want to go home early? No, I'm not picking a fight. I'm not going to walk in front of the Mack truck (laughs) just to prove faith. But when I feel God wants me to go somewhere and do something, I'm going to go because I'm married, me and my wife. If we're in agreement, it, then we'll do it because I'm married. If I was single, it would be a different story. I can't walk in fear, guys. And that's why I've been preaching so much about this because we as a body of Christ cannot walk in fear. Wearing a mask doesn't mean that you're, you're afraid. I look at it honestly this way. I'm just trying not to make a brother stumble because there are some believers out there that are so much in afraid, I don't want to make them worry about it. I don't. And if there are people that have health conditions, it doesn't bother me. I I don't care. It's not going to stop me from telling somebody about Jesus, though. It's not going to stop me from praying for somebody. If i got to put a mask on to pray with you, I don't care. Listen, even before the virus ever started, when I would go into the hospital, do a hospital visit, the first thing I would do at Rapid's when I walked through the emergency exit door was I'd hit the uh, hand sanitizer. Why? Because I don't want to bring anything in. It's just wisdom. The Bible tells us to wash our hands. It's wisdom. Let's stop walking in fear and walk in faith. That I would go across that bridge if God told me to. It may be kind of freaky as I go, but I would go because I know where He sends me, where God guides, He provides. That my God will supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus, not my ability, not my bank account. Like I've told Him before God, you said that, that I'll have more than enough come in, that I won't have room enough to receive it. God, I got one bank, and it ain't full right now. Well, I guess I don't need it right now. But when I need it, Daddy's got the checkbook. Amen. So listen, no more walking in fear. No more walking that way. We need to learn to walk in faith, everything that we do. And if you struggle with that, just stop and ask Him, God, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Be honest with yourself. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. God, I'm struggling with this right now. I'm struggling. I'm trying to trust you, but I'm struggling. Get up and start quoting the scriptures until you get it right. I did it. I've done it. I told you I got my wife's megaphone out one day, started quoting scriptures because I needed to hear them. Trying to tell this body that you're going to follow what God said, trying to get it in this thick skull. According to my mama, it was really thick. Don't listen very well. Trying to get it in there. Whatever it takes that you can be the man or woman of God that God has called you to be and commissioned us as his body to be to this world. Because there is no hope out there. There is no hope out there. You listen to the media for any length of time, there's no hope. The world is coming to an end. If it comes to the end, we get to go home. But the question is, is what are we going to do between now and then? And all the, the countless people that don't know Christ. Are we going to walk in fear and not share Jesus with them? We can't, guys. We have got to share the love of Christ. And if you're walking in fear, you're never going to be an example for them. Never. Never going to be an example. So listen, I want to pray for you this morning, and we're going to do communion. Ooh, man, we still got communion. Hallelujah. Long-winded preachers and communion. Let me pray for us this morning, and we're going to do communion. It won't take us long to do that, I promise. I promised I wouldn't preach long either, but I'm sorry. Father, I thank you that we can be men and women of faith we can truly be who you've called us to be and according to your word that you have spoken over us lord this day let us make a decision to follow you to trust you to follow your word from this day forward and lord i rebuke the spirit of fear that has been gripping the minds and hearts of believers I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I release life and life. I say live in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, guide us into the things that are stopping you from having complete control over our life. Guide us into all of these things. I ask in Jesus' name. Listen, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, we've sang about him, we've talked about him. I've talked about trusting him. If you don't know that this morning, I want you to slide your hand up and say, I want to know Jesus today, Pastor. I want to pray with you. And I want to know who you are so I can pray with you specifically and I can bring you something. And maybe you're online today. Guys, it's all about submitting to Christ. Every one of us, every believer has the same story. One day something happened and I submitted to Christ. That's what it is. That's what it is. So let's pray that. Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of all the wrongs that I have done in my life. God, I know now that Jesus Christ came to this earth as a man. He lived a perfect life, sinless, but they beat him and they crucified him for me. Then they buried him, but you brought him back to life, and now he sits right next to you in heaven. So, Lord, I thank you that you have forgiven me, and now I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. Allow your spirit to be inside of me, that I may follow you all the days of my life. Amen. As listen, pray that daily. Pray it daily, amen. Pray it daily. So, listen, we're going to grab the kids real quick. Can you grab the kids, James? Uh, Cookie, sorry. And uh, we're going to bring the kids in here, and uh, we're going to get ready to do communion. If you're visiting with us, please take communion with us if you're a believer. Uh, I, I see the Word of God says that as often as you come together, you don't have to be a member of the church. It's a member of the body of Christ. Uh, and also, I like the children to come and have communion with us because guess what? I want them to learn what we do. And so I leave that up to the parents if they think the children or understand what we're doing. Uh, these are all pre-made, and uh, we're going to have some guys here in just a minute. They're going to get their, their masks on, and they're going to come and help pass it out to you. And uh, what we'll do is they'll bring it around to you. Just kind of waiting for our kiddos to get in here. Hallelujah. Thank y'all for serving, guys. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, the kids will be in here in just a minute. Hey, guys. Oh, that looks awesome, man. I like that. It exploded. <laughs> exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. What's up, man? He looks excited. Maybe a little. (laughs) Awesome. Y'all can go ahead and serve him, guys. Thank y'all. They're going to come around and hand it to you. Just put your hand out if you want to receive. Again, you don't have to be a member of the church. They're going to bring it around to you. Hallelujah. I don't know about y'all, but I had a fun time in worship this morning. That was good. I kept sneezing, though, so I was kind of turn around to sneeze, and it's like, so, tell you what, though, my fingers are going to be sore for a while. (laughs) I leave that up to the guys that that do that for for a living, I'll say. Jonathan and Becca were out of town today, and so, you know, I was filling in, but I like to have fun up there, as y'all can see. Hallelujah. Listen, don't forget about the 20th also if you want to help me with that that evening service, afternoon service. Um, again, we've got everything on, on rollers to just push it out. I want to start advertising it. I want to start, you know, there are people out there that won't go to church right now. and But you know what? I've talked to some unbelievers, and they think it's an awesome idea too. So I'm like, hey, let's go fishing. I like to fish. <laughs> Listen, everything we do, huh? Uh, I'm not 100% yet. It's going to be in the afternoon. We still got to figure that out. <laughs> we will have a normal Sunday morning service. And if you come to the, morning, the normal Sunday morning, you don't have to come back that evening. Because honestly, chances are it's going to be a lot of the same thing. Uh, these are people that don't normally go to church. And also, we're just trying to minister to them. So, okay, they're almost done. And we'll, we'll partake all of us together. Okay, thank you, brother. Got yours? Okay. Did everyone receive that wants one before we put it put them down? I want to make sure everybody gets one. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Amen. Well, listen, the story in the Word of God that after one of the meals, or partway through the meal, Jesus stopped and he, he picked up the bread and he said, this bread is my body that will be broken for you. He said, As often as you come together, eat this and do this in remembrance of me. And then at the end of the meal, he took the cup. He said, This cup represents my blood, the new covenant. There's always blood shed in the covenant. His blood that was shed on a cross for us. He said, as Often as you come together, do this. So my prayer is always that this small symbol, as simple as it seems, would always be so powerful in our lives. Because I believe it is a powerful symbol that jesus left us to show what he did for us and and like i've told you before me and my family had a sickness going through our family one time i found me some bread and i broke bread a couple times a day and fed it to my family why because his by his stripes we are healed by his body being broken we are healed and so when i partake of the bread i always partake of the health of me and my family so let's take the bread out today this is always very fun for me that's why i don't like these things Hallelujah. Jesus, let us hurry up and get past this way and go back to the normal way. Whew. I have a hard time opening these things, and I got all this super glue stuff on my fingers. from <laughs> So you put it on there because of the strings. It helps not hurt as bad. So listen, Father, we thank you for this bread, this symbol that you have left us. Even though it may be small, it is not insignificant. And, Lord, today we as a group of believers here and those that are watching online, even years to come, will partake with us to remember what you did while you walked this earth. Being sinless, you were beaten without a cause. Your body was put on a cross, broken for me. For me, God. And, Lord, today as I take this bread and I break this bread, I remember all that you did for me. And I also receive all that you have for me, that by your stripes I am healed. And I receive this now for myself and my family as the man of this home. Let us partake of the bread together. Then with the juice. Father, I thank you for your blood that was poured out poured out for me to wash me and to cleanse me forever and ever and ever. One last sacrifice that was made. And as we drink this juice today, we are once again reaffirming to myself and to the world that I receive the blood of Christ that washes over me and makes me righteous in your eyes that I will spend eternity with you. So today I proclaim it again that I am one of yours and I receive all that you have in this covenant and I commit myself to you. Jesus' name. Let's take you the juice. So, Father, thank you for this symbol again. Thank you for all that you've done in this place today. Thank you for all your blessings. Thank you for your instruction. Thank you for your presence. God, give us the power and the desire that when we leave here today, we will want to find those that do not know Christ, so we may share of your goodness and your mercy that has been poured out over our lives. Give us people to put in our path, Lord. And, Lord, I know there are some that are sick at home. I continue to pray for healing over their bodies, healing in their homes. Lord, I pray protection over your body from this virus. Protection over your body in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we will continue to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise because it is all yours. In Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say amen with me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah.